0: Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. It is a night owl podcasting for Frank tonight. It is uh, 1218 a.m. on the East Coast. If you are awake right now watching the YouTube channel or just saw my post on Twitter at Bend Your Ear Pod, come on board. I'm actually feeling good uh, recording back to back. If you just listen to or just watched episode 77, which I just recorded about a half hour ago. Uh, I reviewed Raiders of the Lost Ark, so if you uh, have not listened to it, uh, you can check that out on the audio feed uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm recording a second episode back to back tonight because I am going to be away next week, and I wanted to have a show in the queue. So to continue on what's been an 80s binge the last few episodes, um, not intentionally, but it's kind of worked out that way, and I didn't know. What I was going to do for both episodes tonight, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark hit me because of Twitter. And then in talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, just go back and listen to that episode, I talked about the casting uh, of Tom Selleck and then how it ended up being Harrison Ford's role that became his iconic performance. It reminded me a of another movie with a famous cast change and actually a little more involved story than the Tom Selleck story. And that is Back to the Future. So, of course... Just like Raiders of the Lost Ark in the last episode, I think everybody that's listening to this podcast later or is going to be watching it now, if you jump on live, any of you night owls out there um, are going to be interested in the story if you don't already know it. But before we get into that little housekeeping as usual, again, you're listening to Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. The tagline of the show is I discuss and review movies new and old. It's that simple. I love movies. I love talking movies. I love watching movies. I love dissecting movies. That's what I do. Uh, So that's what I hope to do here on this podcast and hopefully make that interesting for you, the listener or you, the viewer on the video so you can watch it. If you're watching now on the YouTube channel, if you do not subscribe, please do so. The YouTube channel is let me bend your ear podcast. You can also like the Facebook page to go to facebook.com forward slash let me bend your ear and please like the page there. You can subscribe to the podcast on most podcasting apps. You can listen to it on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. Also, the audio feed, the audio podcast episodes are all uploaded to the website. The website is letmebendyourear.com. So you can get the episodes there whenever you'd like. They're always there whenever you want to listen. So feel free to go there. The email for the show, you have suggestions, comments, concerns, anything about the show. Or if you want to suggest a movie, uh, I've seen a lot of movies in my life, so but not as many as everybody out there combined. So if there's a movie you want me to review, uh, shoot me an email or uh, hit me up on social media. The email is earpodcast at gmail.com. I am on social media, Twitter, at EarPod, Instagram, also EarPod, Twitch, EarPod. So you can find me at all those places. Uh, like I said, the ba- the place that I interact the most is on on Twitter, so again, if you're watching live now, again, thank you for watching this second episode live. You're absolutely a night owl like me, uh, so I'm actually it's kind of fun to do back to back episodes. I've never done that before, so this is kind of fun, and uh, so I appreciate you joining me and uh, listening to this one. This particular episode will be on next weekend, but if you're watching now or if you go to YouTube, uh, it'll be there before it's posted on the audio feed. So, uh, welcome everybody that's going to listen and are uh, and and watch the show. So tonight I am going to talk about a movie that most people know or all people know if you're a fan of movies, Back to the Future. So Steven Spielberg, who directed the last film I just reviewed, Writers of the Lost Ark, produced Back to the Future. So if you know anything about Steven Spielberg in the 1980s, he directed some of the classic films of the 80s, but he also produced a lot of movies in the 80s, produced them, and I'm just going to name a couple right off the top of my head, Back to the Future, which I'm going to review tonight gremlins um I don't know, i'm gonna forget all the ones he's produced but gremlins back to the future all the three of them a movie called batteries not included not well not a big hit film um but he did a lot of produce oh goonies which is another classic movie i'll review that in another episode um directed by richard donner so he produced he produced a bunch of movies that he did not direct poltergeist um which some people say he actually directed, not Toby Hooper. There's been some dispute about that, but he definitely produced it and wrote the screenplay. But he produced this movie, Back to the Future. So Back to the Future was directed by Robert Zemeckis. So he's a well-known director, famous director, very good director. He's directed a bunch of movies. The three Back to the Future films, Forrest Gump, Contact, uh, Castaway. He went into, he into animation in the 2000s. So he did The Christmas Carol, Polar Express beowulf um he directed uh, flight the movie with denzel washington uh very good filmmakers made a lot of great movies death becomes her which is actually one of my favorite movies uh underrated one with bruce willis and meryl streep and goldie hawn that's a great dark comedy because of course they don't make dark comedies anymore so zemeckis uh directed the film and he co- co-wrote the script with bob gale who i believe was his Um, classmate at USC film school. So Robert Zemeckis came into the attention of Spielberg in the late 70s. He directed a film. I haven't seen it. um, I think that he co-wrote again with Bob Gale called I Want to Hold Your Hand, which was a Beatles kind of tribute movie, which I know has been well-received. And that was his first film, I think, out of film school. And Spielberg um, saw that and became a fan of Zemeckis' work. So they had this screenplay kicking around uh, Back to the Future. So Spielberg produced it, and Zemeckis directed it, and co-wrote the screenplay with Bob Gale. So, uh, like I said, I'm going to talk about the story. I think most people know it if you've seen this movie. So Marty McFly is a high school student in 1985. Uh, he's kind of a I don't know if he's a slacker. I don't know what the right word is, but he's got a friendship with uh, Dr. Emmett Brown. So as the movie opens, he's late for school. Things are going on, and uh, we find out that Dr. Brown is about to do an experiment um that marty's going to help him with uh and we come to find out that he has made a time machine out of a delorean now if you're a kid from the 80s um before you knew it, before you watch back to the future you knew what a delorean was it was a car that the doors opened up like this so if you're watching the video you know the delorean doors or they were like lamborghini doors actually but they opened a little bit different than lamborghini doors and a quick side story, my my late cousin, who was a pilot, actually had a DeLorean. So I've actually been in a DeLorean for real. But this was before Back to the Future came out. So he actually had it for a short period of time. He was the kind of guy that always had flashy cars. But he had a DeLorean, so I got to sit in one uh, and ride around in one. Uh, so that's a cool story. This is even before the movie came out. So anyway, back to the movie. So Dr. Brown has a time machine that he made out of a DeLorean. And to power the time machine, he needed to get plutonium. And, of course, this plutonium, you can't get plutonium at Kmart so, or Walmart at the time. Or, you know, Kmart in the 80s, but Walmart now. Can't go to the store and buy plutonium. So, of course, he had to get it through nefarious means, which means Dr. Brown had to deal with uh, some Libyan terrorists to, 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 to do some other things that he told him he was going to do. But he actually was going to use the plutonium for the time machine as opposed to a, a weapon. So the movie opens, they're in a mall parking lot. They're getting ready to do the test. So the the vehicle to to achieve time travel has to hit 88 miles an hour. So as they're about to do the experiment, the Libyans show up shooting, trying to kill Dr. Brown. Of course, um, Marty McFly is there with him as well. And through a series of events that happen because of the disruption, Marty ends up in the time machine. Hits 88 miles an hour. Boom. He goes in time. He goes back 30 years to 1955. So that's a setup for Back to the Future. Uh, of course, Marty McFly is played by the great Michael J. Fox. Emmett Brown is played by Christopher Lloyd, who I just saw in the movie Nobody with uh, with um, Bob Odenkirk, which I reviewed a couple of episodes back, which is a great, uh, great movie, great action movie. And it was great to see Christopher Lloyd in that, uh, you know, great actor from I watched him all the way back in the days when he was on Taxi in the late 70s. So great actor. And of course, perfect as Emmett Brown. So you also have in the cast Thomas F. Wilson as Biff. You have Leia Thompson as um, Michael J. Fox's mom. You have Crispin Glover as Michael, or not Michael J. Fox's, but Marty McFly's mom and Crispin Glover as Marty McFly's dad. So Marty McFly ends up back in 1955 by accident. He's not supposed to be back there. So what happens is he immediately goes to look for the 1955 version of Dr. Brown to help him get back to the future. Hence the title of the movie. So unfortunately, and this is where time travel movies get complicated. There's all these rules that you have to follow, but in back to the future has a bunch of them and, and the tribute to Back to the Future is even if there's some inconsistencies, because that's the, the challenge of time travel movies—the inconsistency of how things happen. Or, and I think uh, Back to the Future does a really good job of kind of tying those ends up. Uh, I would—I don't know if it's perfect or not. I don't—I'm not an expert on that because it's time travel doesn't exist, so you really don't really have rules per se. Uh, but it's so well written. The screenplay is phenomenal. I'll get to, deeper into that in a minute. Just all the little things in the screenplay that are just clever. And things that relate back to each other and callbacks and, and and all the kind of cool stuff that's in the movie is just one of the pleasures of watching. And that's why it's great to rewatch the movie, too, because you just get things that sometimes maybe you need to even get before or just uh, enjoy over again. So Marty is trying to find Dr. Brown. But what happens is he interrupts a moment where his parents meet. So he gets entangled into a moment and instead of his mother falling for his father, his mother falls for him. Now, another great tribute to this movie, and this has been talked about forever and uh, and jokingly, of course, and even watching it in 1985, it's like you don't even think. I mean, the fact that they skirt around incest is uh, and and do it where you don't get creeped out by it other than to laugh at the absurdity of it, which is a, and also a tribute to the screenplay, because I think the screenplay is. Um, doesn't it allows for the fact that you're intelligent to understand that she doesn't know that's his son. He knows that's his mother. So that's why it's funny. It's funny because she thinks he's just another kid and we know the audience knows and Marty knows of course that that's his mother. So of course he's completely flipped out by it. She's just doing what teenage girls do. So I think that's how they skirted around that in a clever way. I mean, she doesn't know. So it's not anything intentional, but again, The screenplay is phenomenal. So, of course, now, instead of just worrying about getting back to the future and being focused on that, once Dr. Brown finds out what's happened, he tells him, of course, you've got to get them together. Because if you do not get them together, then you will never be born and you will never exist. So now it becomes a, a race to get ready to figure out how to get him back to the future and then also how to get his parents together so that he ends up existing. So there's a, there's a good dramatic tension there with all the comedy and like I said it's everything in the movie is super clever like you know and I, like I said I didn't warn you at the beginning but I mean th- this is going to be this is going to be full of spoilers because I mean I think most people have seen back to the future uh and uh, I'm just talking about it because it's a great movie to talk about. But actually, let me um, because I promised in episode 76 that I would talk about the casting. So I jumped ahead. So before I move forward in the plot, let me take a little stop right here. So in Raiders, I talked about the Tom Selleck Harrison Ford situation. Now, in this movie, it's actually a little more deep than that in the sense that a couple of different things happen. So when they were casting Back to the Future and casting the Marty McFly character, Christopher Lloyd was always going to be Emmett Brown. They wanted Michael J. Fox. So obviously we know Michael J. Fox ended up in the movie, but he actually was cast, somebody else was cast. So here's what happened. Michael J. Fox was a rising star on television at the time that they were going to shoot Back to the Future. He was shooting the the television series, which I actually watched, uh, Family Ties, where he played Alex P. Keaton, which was the super conservative, not super conservative, Reagan conservative son of, of, um, michael gross and meredith baxter bernie who were his parents who were who were liberals who were grew up liberals and they had a conservative son so that was a running joke on the show he won a couple of emmys for it he was great in the show so spielberg and and zemeckis wanted um michael j fox to to be marty mcfly but of course he's shooting the tv series he's contractually obligated to do so so kind of like the tom Selleck situation even though tom Selleck was a pilot He was already actively shooting the show, doing well. He was pretty much the star of the show. So they asked permission from the television show to use him for Back to the Future to work around the schedule. They would say they would make it work. They said, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Not interested. So they gave him a flat no. So Spielberg and Zemeckis moved on and cast the actor Eric Stoltz to play Marty McFly. So if you know Eric Stoltz, he's been in a bunch of movies, a bunch of television uh, the two things I can tell you movie-wise that he's most known for, that I know him for, is Mask, where he played the the disfigured boy. Uh, the movie was Sharon Sam Elliott, directed by Peter Bogdanovich. And uh, a John Hughes-written film called Some Kind of Wonderful that he co-starred, I think, with Mary Stewart Masterson. A uh, red-headed actor, very good, very good actor. Uh, he's on television of late, and he's a television director as well. So he was cast as Marty McFly, and they actually started shooting the movie. So shot start shooting with Christopher Lloyd, Marty McF- and Eric Stoltz, Marty McFly, I think, and I didn't look it up before I did this episode since obviously it's uh twelve thirty at night. I didn't really do too much research, but I know a lot about it. I think they shot the movie for a couple of weeks, so about three or four weeks of shooting the movie. So they're looking at the dailies, so that's what you know they look at as the movie's progressing to see how things are going. And Zemeckis is looking at it. I'm sure Spielberg's looking at it. Bob Gale, the co writer, they're they're watching the work and they're not happy with Eric Stoltz's performance and 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 they they've been very clear about this. It wasn't something that Eric Stoltz was doing wrong. They said the, he did everything they asked. He gave his all in the performance. He was professional. He 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 put his his all into the performance. The issue really was his chemistry with Christopher Lloyd's Emmett Brown it just wasn't there. It just didn't click. And I think obviously Zemeckis and Bob Gale and Steven Spielberg knew, and I agree with them, they knew that that relationship was the center of that film. The, the the relationship between Doc Brown and Marty McFly is back to the future. If that relationship doesn't work, then the movie doesn't work. And I think they, they noticed that and watching the performance, like again, nothing that Eric Stoltz did wrong. It's just sometimes it's not the right actor for the part and what they needed him to do. And Eric Stoltz is a very... Um, serious actor, very good actor. And I think they looked at the dailies and realized that he just didn't have that flair for the comedic aspects that they wanted from Marty McFly. Um, And like I said, it wasn't from a lack of trying. It just wasn't in something in his wheelhouse. And like I said, he was professional. So they, uh, they let him go, they let him go. And then they went back to the producers of family ties and said, look, we need, we want Michael J. Fox. That's what we wanted to begin with. We really need him to do it. And fortunately, the second time around, when they asked, they uh, they agreed to a point. But basically what happened was Michael J. Fox had to shoot family ties Monday through Friday during the day. And then he would shoot back to the future Monday through Friday, or actually seven days a week at night uh, to make it work. So they said, that's fine, but that's the schedule they gave him. So Spielberg and Zemeckis happily took it. Uh, because they want Michael J. Fox. So they get him, start over. They just had to start over and uh, shoot the movie with Michael J. Fox. And obviously the results speak for themselves. Uh, the performance of Michael J. Fox in the movie is phenomenal. You get uh, the funny, you get the just his persona, his, his acting ability. That was in his wheelhouse, which it wasn't in Eric Stoltz's. And it was in his wheelhouse. And then the obvious chemistry between him and Christopher Lloyd was magical. And uh, that's why it works. So back to the movie. So again, like I said, two things are happening. He's trying to get back to the future and he's trying to get his parents together. So again, as I was saying earlier, the the clever things in the screenplay are just phenomenal. And even the way they figure out, because I remember watching the movie at the time and and going, how the hell are they going to get this guy back to the future with no plutonium in a futuristic time machine? you know, there's no way to do it. And then they come up with a clever way of finding out and they set it up at the beginning of the movie with the clock tower. In the very beginning of the movie, there's some uh, there's a lady passing out brochures or, or, or pamphlets or leaflets saying, save the clock tower. The clock tower was destroyed back in 1955 by a lightning storm. So, and of course, they go back and then when he's back in 1955, they realize that. So they have something that they know is going to happen in a week's time because they know the date and the time that the lightning struck and the lightning would provide enough energy to power the DeLorean to get him back to the future so just little things like that just a cl- just clever ways to get him back and um you know you have to suspend you know disbelief for some things but it's it's so well written and so well acted and uh, another performance i want to really Give a lot of credit to, and normally I don't do it for films I'm not reviewing in this podcast. But Thomas F. Wilson as Biff is fantastic. Like he's the biggest a hole of the '80s, almost probably next to to Johnny from Karate Kid. But he plays it so fantastic. And if I do review the sequels, especially he in Back to the Future Three, which is the Western set one, he's great in there as a different role. He's he's just so good in these movies he just you want to hate him you when he gets his comeuppance in the movie you love it the running gag with him running into trucks with maneuver from the first movie through the sequels is just great and that's just a, another great performance in that movie Leia thompson is great uh like i said the performances are great all around but it's really this movie is 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 predicated on the great performances of the two lead actors of michael j fox and christopher lloyd who are both phenomenal and their interaction together, their chemistry as the leads are fantastic, followed by a fantastic screenplay. So, of course, any great movie's got a great screenplay. And like I said, it's just you watch the movie from beginning to end. There's no lags in the movie. It's it's so much fun. It's fun. It's funny. And the biggest surprise with Back to the Future, when you've seen it for the first time, is it's fun. It's funny. It's light. But it gets heavy towards the end. you really... There's really suspense built in in that third act when he's at the end, when he's trying to to achieve the two goals of the whole movie, to get back to the future, to get back to the car in time before the lightning hits and make sure that his parents get together. Because another way they show in the future, which is a great part of the screenplay, too. So he has a picture that he's carrying with him of his family. And when he realizes and Doc Brown tells him, hey, look, if you don't get your parents together, you're not going to exist. And as the movie progresses and his parents have not gotten together yet, of course, he sees the picture that he has and his older brother starts to fade then his sister is starting to fade. And then as the movie gets into the third act, he's starting to fade. So the movie creates genuine tension and suspense in the sense that he's trying to, like I said, uh, get two things done at the same time, get to where he needs to be so he can get back to the future and get make sure that his parents get together because if his parents don't get together now it doesn't even matter if he goes back to the future or not because he's not going to exist. So that whole space time thing, like I said, you know, time travel movies get tricky. But the fact of the matter is it's all done so well. And the screenplay is so strong that it's just it's a great screenplay. It's a great movie. One of the best movies of the 80s, one of the best movies, period. So, again, I think I'm not telling anything that nobody knows. If you, I mean, most people in the world have seen Back to the Future. Again, if you have not seen this movie, I, I don't know what to tell you. You need to go see it. But, again, before um, we get to the end of my in my Van Gogh review, again, I'm live now here on YouTube. So, if you're watching live, thank you for checking it out. Again, I want to invite you on right now. I know it's late, I, but if you're up with me, obviously, you're a night owl like me. If you want to make any comments, just, ch- just uh, type up your comment in the chat. I'll see it, uh, and I'll respond if you have a question. But more often, if you want to come on right now, come on with me right now. Um, if you want to, just let me know. I'll bring you right on. Uh, the great thing about this uh, software that I'm using, if you uh, want to uh, come on, just let me know in the chat. I'll pop the link in there. If you're on your cell phone, you just click on the link. Say you want to come in and you're in. It's that simple. Or if you're on a laptop, it's browser-based, so there's nothing you have to do or download. Literally, just tell me you want to come on, and I'll pop the link up in the uh, in the chat room here, and then you can just get right on. And like I said, if you have a quick question, if you want to talk about Back to the Future or any other movie, like I said, I'm trying to get people on Interact with people on the podcast because I know it'll make an interesting, more interesting show for people that are listening either live now, watching now, or will watch later in the audio feed. So again, this is the second of the back-to-back episodes I've recorded tonight. This episode for Back to the Future is going to be uh available right now on YouTube when I'm done. And then it'll be on the audio feed next week because this will actually be next week's episode. So if you watch it on YouTube, you'll get an early peak of next week's episode because I'm going to be away, so I won't be able to record next weekend. But again. Back to the Future is one of the best movies, period. One of the best movies of the 80s. Of course, it's a classic film. Again, with the great lead performances by Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. And with, of course, the great direction by uh, uh, Robert Zemeckis. And uh, again, like I've said a million times, I'll continue to repeat it. The great screenplay uh, by Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Uh, so again, of course, see Back to the Future again if you haven't seen it. If you've never seen it, I don't I don't know what to tell you. You need to go watch it. Uh, so, of course, just like Marrieders of the Lost Ark, uh, one out of five van Goghs. I give this movie five van Goghs. uh it's classic uh, again it's a it's a perfect movie I don't have any issues with it uh, I think it's it's phenomenal if, if people want to nitpick about the time travel aspect of it have at it i I'm not doing that because one I don't see any issues with it because it's make-believe and two it's so well executed uh, that there's nothing for me to nitpick about uh if you love Michael J Fox it's a great 80s movie uh it's fantastic. Uh, i'm a big fan of it and uh uh, the sequels um again two is a little too dark for me three i loved i thought it had the spirit of it's weird because coming off the raiders of the lost ark review it's kind of funny um the uh back to the future series the the three movies there have kind of a similar actually has an identical trajectory of, of raiders of the lost ark uh, the second Back to the Future movie to me is is darker. It's darker than the first movie. Uh, there's still some good stuff in it. And as time has gone by, there's some things that I've appreciated about it more than when I first saw it. But even when I was like, I won't let my little one watch that one. That one's a little bit too dark. There's a lot going on, especially with his mom. And his mom ends up marrying Biff. And she's kind of in it. It's kind of darker than I would like to be. Um, and then three to me, kind of like Last Crusade with Raiders, uh, with Indiana Jones, Three kind of captured the spirit of one. Is three as good as the first one? No, but it captured the spirit of the first movie. So that's why I think I like the third one better than the second one. Same thing with with uh, Last Crusade. I like better than Temple of Doom, even though Temple of Doom has got some great sequences in it as well. It's not like Temple of Doom is a bad movie. And it's not like pa- pa- um, Back to the Future 2 is bad. It's just... It's different and it wasn't different in a great way for me and I know a lot of people are fan, big fans of back to the future too and a lot of people are, fan, are big fans of back to our of temple of Doom again both good movies uh it's just not it's just not my favorite of the three uh, I think it's my third best of the three movies that came out so again back to the future I get five Van goes out of five like I said the first one's perfect it's a classic like I say five Van goes for me means it's a classic movie means it's a movie I've seen too many times for me to count. And I'll see many more times to come. Uh, So, again, uh, if you've seen Back to the Future, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. uh, And you'll probably check it out, hopefully, by listening to this podcast. If you are one of the people that have not seen Back to the Future, uh, one, I'm stunned. (laughs) First of all, frankly, I'm kind of shocked by that. Secondly, uh, go see it. Uh, Check it out. It's fantastic. It's fun. You'll love it. It's one of the best movies of the 80s. Like I said, it's one of the best movies, period. It's, a, it's one of the best time travel movies. It's fun. It's suspenseful. It's well-acted, and it's well-written, and it's well-directed, of course. So, um, Oh, another thing about um, Back to the Future. The music is fantastic. Uh, I think it's Alan Silvestri does this the score. That score, because I always talk about John Williams all the time, and rightfully so, he's the greatest of all time. But the Back to the Future theme is memorable. When you hear it, you know the movie. Alan Silvestri, I think, did it. Uh, fantastic actually let me look that up cuz i hate being wrong but i think it's alan Silvestri uh did the music for back to the future but um it's a classic score so definitely uh part of what makes that movie great and just bear with me one second cuz i want to look that up i'm uh i'm a stickler it annoys me when i'm not correct so i don't want to give the wrong composer credit but i believe it's so i'm pretty sure it's him yeah, because it looks like he works with, uh, he's worked with Zemeckis before. Yeah, Back to the Future, he did Forrest Gump and Polar Express. Uh, so, I oh, actually worked on Avengers as well for Marvel. So, a uh, great composer as well. So, like I said, I always usually only talk about John Williams, but Silvestri's, um score for Back to the Future is fantastic. Like I said, everybody that knows movie scores, when they hear the first couple of bars of uh, Back to the Future, they know it for sure. So, it's great. So, again... Five Van Goghs for Back to the Future, directed by Robert Zemeckis, produced by Steven Spielberg, co-written by Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Go see it if you haven't seen it. If you've seen it, I know you'll probably see it again at some point. So, again, before I wrap up the show, if anybody wants to come on, like I said, just uh, type something in the chat. If you have a question, I'll be happy to answer it. If you want to come on, just uh, let me know you want to come on, and I'll throw the link up there. And actually, you know what? Let me just Let me just throw the link up there anyway. Give me a second. I'm going to copy and paste. All right. The link's right there. So if you want to click on the link, um, you don't have to ask me for it. So if you want to click on it, you just uh, click on the hyperlink there. Like I said, super simple. If you're on your cell phone, I did my interview with Tucky Williams last week. She did it from her phone, and it looked great. She looked like she was on a laptop. So you literally, you click on the link, browser opens up. You type in your name, click let me in, I see you, I let you in. Literally that simple. You don't have to download anything. You don't have to add an application. And like I said, you can use your cell phone or your laptop. Uh, It looks and sounds just as good either way. So uh, feel free. I'm going to be on for a few minutes here. I'm going to do some closing housekeeping. So feel free to interrupt me with a chat, with a question, or saying you want to come in. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening. uh, And I want to thank everybody that's uh, downloaded the episodes. Uh, I stated uh, last week and um, in the episode, I just recorded about an hour ago. uh, The last episode with Tucky was my third anniversary show. She was gracious enough to come back and, and do an interview with me. And that's been my most viewed episode on YouTube since I started posting up there. So thank you to Tucky, first of all. And then thank you for those who watched and are continuing to watch that episode. Uh, makes me very happy. Like I said, I'm, I love doing this podcast. It's, it's, it's the thing I talk about the thing that I love the most, uh, which is movies and my passion for them. And hopefully that, that comes through in my discussion of them. Uh, hopefully you get some knowledge about movies that you didn't know about before, some interesting things about them. I hope uh, I can provide that because I love talking about it. And, um, like I said, I would do this of one person listened, uh, or of a million people listen, uh, But uh, that being said, I'm actively trying to to grow the show. And uh, like I said, I've added this video component over the last month and a half. And uh, I was a little intimidated by it at first uh, because I don't have the technology. Um, Like I said, this is not a super produced podcast, as you can see, obviously. I'm hoping the content speaks for itself. And that's the most important part anyway, is having good content. But uh, to my pleasant surprise, I've embraced the video aspect of it. I don't know if i'm good at video but it doesn't matter i'm enjoying doing it it's a kind of another way to engage the audience and give the audience another option i know in these days people are on the run all the time and they have their cell phones some people like to listen to podcasts some people like to watch on youtube or watch on facebook so the fact that i'm able to do both now is i think a good thing it gives people more options and i think for an independent podcaster like myself um that that doesn't have name recognition The ability to broadcast on multiple platforms at the same time and then also still have the audio feed available for people that want to consume it later uh like i said it it behooves anyone and especially someone like me as a podcaster to provide as many options as i can for someone to listen to it so i'm glad i'm able to start doing that the technology is getting better and easier for me to to do it so i'm very very happy about that and adding the video component has actually been really cool i actually like it a lot and i'm actually embracing it so which is great and it's another way to keep me not that I needed to be re-engaged but it just it's another way to interact and uh have engagement with the podcast and with the content so again if you're watching it here i appreciate it uh like i said i know nobody's come on the live yet um uh, since i've started doing it and that's totally okay uh, I know most people are passive listeners or watchers and they're not looking to jump in, but I'm going to continue to encourage it. Hopefully, I'm making it comfortable at some point for you to want to come on. Uh, this is going to be a, a forum where I want people to talk movies and it's going to be fun. It's going to be hopefully informative, entertaining, interesting. That's my only goal here. Uh, we don't do bashing and any of that nonsense. I'm here to talk movies, not to say that I won't criticize a movie I don't like, but it doesn't have to be anything. Um, obnoxious you can say you don't like a movie and i'll be obnoxious about it and that's how i've always been and i'm not a movie snob either so if uh i can watch high art movies but i'm not a highbrow person with that i can watch any movie that entertains me so i love having those conversations with people about movies and like i said if you want to talk movies if you don't want to do it here the other place to get me is on twitter i'm talking movies all day long on twitter with other people with other podcasters with other people you know talking about movies, agreeing about movies, disagreeing about movies in a fun way. So if you want to do that there, uh, the uh, the Twitter handle for me is at Bend Your EarPod, which is also the handle for Instagram, at Bend Your EarPod. Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Let Me Bend Your Ear. And again, if you could, like the Facebook page and subscribe, specifically subscribe to the YouTube channel. So that's Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. If you're watching now on YouTube, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, if you want to, like I said, come on, I'm going to be on a couple more minutes. Feel free to interrupt me, chat in the chat. Um, The link is up right now. You can uh, click on the link and let me know you want to come in and we can talk. Like I said, I'll stay on. I'll wrap up in a few minutes, but if somebody comes on at the last minute, I'll stay on. I know it's late, but I'm not tired. It's a Saturday night. Uh, So if you're a night owl like me, we can talk for a few minutes on movies. I'm good with that. But if not, I'm going to do a little wrap up here. So again, I've given back to the future. Five Van Goghs out of five. You can listen to the audio version of this podcast on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, It's definitely on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Amazon Music, and um, you can get episodes of the show if you don't use a podcasting app. You can always get them on the website. The website is letmebendyourear.com. The email, if you have... Uh, suggestions, comments, or if you want to shoot me a movie you'd like me to watch and review for the podcast, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to support the show, if you like what you hear, if you like what you're watching, um, I am a one-man operation. I'm a one-man production team. So if you feel moved to support the show, just go to the website, letmebendyourear.com, go to support the show. Uh, you can uh, donate through PayPal. Uh, um, just use my email, the show email, benjuryourpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, I just would use it for production costs, which is not much. I don't have much overhead. I have the website, and uh, I'm looking to maybe improve uh, the streaming capability through hardware and software. That's really what it would be used for. Uh, that's it. So if you feel moved to do so, that'd be great. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, Again, you can find me on Twitter at bend your And uh, again, I'm going to open every episode. I record every episode live. I did two tonight because uh, I'm going to be away next week, but uh, I'm going to continue to offer the, uh, the opportunity to either ask questions when I'm recording live or to hopefully join me and we can talk whatever movie I'm talking about or wherever you like to talk about as it relates to movies. So definitely looking forward to that. I know somebody will dip their toe in. I think once we get one, then people will start to come in. So I'll keep it open. It's cool. Like I said, I fly solo every week, so I'm used to it. If I fly solo uh, for the foreseeable future, I'm good with that too. Uh, but like I said, I'm, I'm looking. I'm actively looking for people to come on. I'd love to interact. So uh, don't be afraid. Nothing to be intimidated about. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I guarantee it. I'll make it fun for you. So again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. The tagline is I discuss and review movies new and old, and that's what I do here. I love it. I appreciate it and uh also if you do listen to the audio feed on um specifically apple Podcasts, but wherever you listen to it if you can rate and review the show uh the other big way that you can help the show get a bigger audience other than what i'm doing here trying with the video is share shows that i post on social media retweet like if you can do that but rate and review is a huge way to help especially on apple podcast because The more ratings and reviews any podcast can obtain and aggregate on their uh, page, on their uh, Apple podcast page. When somebody is surfing Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever they listen to their podcast and they type in movie podcast, the more ratings and reviews a particular show has, the higher it will be shown in the search results. So so, of course, an independent podcaster like myself, that's that's the lifeblood of getting more people to listen is to have people rate it and really like it. So if you like it, give it five stars. Uh, that'd be great if you really enjoy it. If it's not your cup of tea, though, you can still help the show if you want to help. If you're not a movie person or this is not the movie podcast for you, that's okay. I know everybody's got different taste and what they like. But if you think a friend of yours would like it or a family member would like it, uh, share it anyway and say, hey, look, you know this is not my cup of tea, but this is something I think you might like. I would really be appreciative of that, too. I understand this podcast is not for everybody. That's totally cool. I get that. There's, you know, the running joke. There's 50 million podcasts out there. So there's a podcast for everybody. So I know I'm not for everybody. But if you know somebody that thinks that you think would like it, you know, if you could share it, um, that would be fantastic. I'd really appreciate that. And again, the other thing you can do is um, trying to grow my numbers on YouTube as well. And obviously, subscribers is important. Click subscribe on the YouTube channel. Again, that's Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Uh, Like I said, I'm trying to grow there as well. And the more subscribers that's great and like i said it's not intrusive at all basically the only thing that happens when you subscribe is of course you can watch whatever show you want that's up there Uh, but when i go live you get a little pop-up that says i go live so if you can join me that's great if you don't you move on with your day and watch the show later because you know i've just recorded a new one uh, a new live so if you could uh, subscribe that's another easy way to help out too that's great and you know make comments like i said the biggest help is if you talk about the show on social media then that's super easy Just say hey listen to this last episode it was great um and uh, or i like it or i think you would like it you know that that's uh i see that was i scroll social media every day and like i said i want to grow the show like i said i would do this and i always say it, and i and i do mean it i would do it if only one or two people listened uh but obviously it's a podcast i want people to listen and i want to grow the show grow the fan base of the show get more interactions that's how the show is going to grow and i'm excited about doing that uh, but again, this is not work to me. It's something I love to do. Uh, and I know it'll be more fun if I can interact with more people and more people want to interact with me in the show when I do the lives. Uh, I think it'll just make for a better podcast. Like I said, I'm good flying solo because that's what I've done for three years. And I will continue to do that. And I love it. Uh, but again, I'm ready to incorporate other aspects as well to get other people on the show. And I'll be trying to do more interviews as well, like I did with Tucky last week. Uh, That was a very popular episode, and I understand why. She's a great guest, and it's great to have someone to bounce off of with conversations. So um, since I don't have interviews every week, that's why I'm going to look to you, the viewer out there, or fans of the podcast, to be my de facto co-host. Even if it's a co-host for five minutes, you jump on. We talk about something, you get off, and I go to the next person, or we talk longer. That's the beauty of it. It's my show. We can do what we want. We can talk for ten minutes. We can talk for an hour and a half. Uh, that's the beauty of it. We can uh, go as long or as short as we need to go. So, uh, like I said, if you are thinking about coming on and you're just you're you're shy, don't be shy. I think once you get on, you're gonna have a great time. Or like I said, start off with asking a question. If you don't want to come on, say, "Hey, look, don't want to come on, but I have a question I'd like to talk to you about." I'll respond back and forth that way too. You know, there's multiple ways to interact, and I'm looking to embrace every single way to interact. Uh, I don't want to restrict it to only come on or only chat or only social media. Uh, I don't want to strict uh, restrict it to any of that. So again, I just want to leave you with that. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, just know that this is how I'm going to do it going forward. I'll be recording every episode live, unless there's some logistical issue, uh, whether I'm maybe I'm doing an interview with someone that's not live and I can record it. Uh, but uh, the plan is to do most of these live uh, so that people can interact as I record it and have the flexibility to listen to it later and comment later. So again thank you so much if you've watched the live two episodes I've just done or watched any of the other ones or if you're listening on the audio feed later I want to thank all of you and uh like I've always said I appreciate every single download of the podcast and let me tell you I appreciate if you've listened to it once and it wasn't your cup of tea and maybe you moved on let me tell you something I appreciate it that the fact that you even tried it once it makes me very happy there's there's 85 trillion podcast out there. So if you tried mine once, I really appreciate that because that's half the battle. And if it wasn't for you, that's okay. And of course, if you've tried the podcast and you've been listening ever since whenever you tried it and you're a regular fan and a regular listener, of course, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of everyone that listens. Uh, I get the same amount of downloads every week. I don't have, I mean, it's not a great amount of downloads and I don't care. I love the fact that I have downloads every week. And, um, and I'm hoping it's the same people. That means people are enjoying it. They're coming back for more. And I really, I want to tell you, I really appreciate it. Every single one of you. Thank you so much for listening. This is something I love doing regardless, but the fact that you guys are listening to it is just beyond phenomenal. And I'm completely grateful. And I don't want anyone to ever forget that or ever think that I take that for granted. I don't and I'm very appreciative and hopefully we can grow this family of people that are listening, grow the fans of the show so more people can interact with me, interact with each other and uh, kind of bond over our love of movies. So, again, I'm super appreciative. And like I said, if you are a regular listener and you do like what you hear, please, if you can, I'm asking, just share on your social media. If I post for a new episode, especially on Twitter, I do post all the time. If you see it there, like it, retweet it, recommend it to a friend. Uh, you'll be helping me more than you know so thank you so much so let me go ahead and wrap it up i don't think anybody's coming on live but if you were watching um thank you for watching again uh this back-to-back late night we're at one o'clock a.m eastern time i'm still going strong we're good but i think we'll wrap this up here we're at the 43 minute mark which is about been the average of my uh, episodes anyway so we'll kind of wrap it up there uh i want to thank you again for watching and for listening to this later this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Again, the tagline is what I discuss and review movies new and old, movie podcasts. I will always be that. And uh I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of the weekend. And again, I will see you uh live uh the week after next. Um we did the two lives tonight. I'll be I'll be away next weekend for Father's Day. And happy Father's Day, by the way, to all the fathers out there. Uh, I'm going to be away next weekend, so there'll be no live. But this episode of Back to the Future um, will be on the audio feed next weekend. Obviously, it'll be on YouTube all week, so you can catch it early if you want. Or you can listen to it next weekend when I post it um, next weekend while I'm away. So, again, thank you for listening to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. I will see you live again in two weeks. Hope everybody takes care. Have a great weekend. And uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Take care.